Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us on LocalJobNetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma, and this is Moving Up the Ladder, where we speak with experienced professionals who can offer up some knowledge that will help you in your career. Today, we're discussing the idea that we can actually perform better when it appears the odds are stacked against us or that there might be some obstacle in the way. Now, to address this subject, we have Ryan Holiday with us on the phone. Ryan is the director of marketing at American Apparel, as well as the author of The Obstacle is the Way. Thanks for coming on the show today, Ryan. Good to be here. Well, I guess the first question that comes up, people hear that thought of, well, the odds are against you, something's in your way. How can you perform better? It seems like it'd be a more difficult task. Is there a general way you can describe maybe how that works? Well, sure. First off, I would push back. Why, is, why are you calculating the odds? What you should be doing is spending your time focusing on the task at hand. Mm-hmm. I quote the swordsman Musashi in the, in the book, the, the Great Samurai Swordsman, and he, he talks about the difference between the observing eye and the perceiving eye. Sure. The observing eye just sees what is objectively in front of you, just sees the situation. And the perceiving eye sees the situation and your interpretation and your analysis and your personal feelings in regards to it. And so what I like about him is he was a swordsman. Not only was he great in one-on-one fights, but he would fight sometimes five people at the same time, or he would (laughs) fight someone where they would have a sword and he wouldn't. So he doesn't have time to think about how unfair this is or what a disadvantage he is or how stacked the odds are. He has to focus 150% of his focus exclusively on whatever minuscule opportunities are in front of him, whatever he can do in this exact moment, because it's a matter of life and death. Mm-hmm. And I think we see this in our own lives. In very serious situations, we're all action. But it's, it's in the minor situations, like your boss yells at you, and you're just like, should they be allowed to talk to me this way? What am I going to do about it? You know, like, that's, that's where we grumble and groan right. instead of just like getting back to work. Now, an interesting thing I saw in, in an article that you had uh, that you had written was this idea of the head versus the heart and how that comes into play. Can you give the listeners an idea of, of why that matters or maybe how one might be worse than the other in this case? Well, I, I guess what I'm, I'm talking about in the book is, is how do you control your perception, your understanding of what you're facing in a way that when you act and then, you know, things like heart and determination come into play, that you're you're tackling what you should be and you're tackling it properly. So mm-hmm. one of my favorite stories I tell in the book is this story of, of Eisenhower right after D-Day. And, and there's this sort of major Nazi counteroffensive and it, it's threatening to throw the allies back into the sea. And, and Eisenhower, he walks into this conference room and he, he says to the general, he's like, look, the present situation is to be regarded as one of opportunity and not as a disaster. He's like, I want only cheerful faces here from now on. Because what he saw in this seeming the big obstacle was the fact that maybe the, the enemy had overextended itself for the first time. This mm-hmm. is actually like a chance to sort of seize the offensive and, and put this thing in the back, right? And so that's, that's what I think we need to focus on is saying like, okay, I'm not only going to see this, I'm not going to get intimidated, I'm not going to get scared by it, but I'm going to see through it and I'm going to see the opportunities embedded within it. And that's what I'm going to you know, dedicate myself towards working on. So when you're talking about this idea, you know, perspective, obviously, as you, as you mentioned from the beginning, does it get to a point where we have to train ourselves or can we train ourselves to take on almost a, use it as motivation or nothing to lose mentality? Sure. Or is that taking it too far? I mean, what's sort of your take on that? Well, look, I think the only way to develop a cool head under pressure is to expose yourself to lots of pressure, right? Like 
And I think you want to be exposed to it on experimental things, Mm -hmm. not when you have your life savings on the line. Sure. You know what I mean? Like we're all going to have chances in our lives, big, huge opportunities where, you know, we've got potentially a huge amount of upside. Do you want that to be the first time that you've ever really been stress tested, that you've ever really experienced real adversity? Probably not. So you want to put yourself out there. You want to take risks. You want to, you know, expand your comfort zone. You want to get used to feeling like, oh my God, can I do this? Am I capable of this? And then saying like, yes, I can. And then actually proving it to yourself. Like that, I think that experience and exposure is probably one of the most important elements towards sort of busting through the stuff that holds a lot of people back. Right. Now, if we take that into the workplace, I mean, you sort of mentioned a, a brief example there of maybe your boss got on you about something. Can you give maybe the listeners another example or two of how maybe in a small instance you can utilize changing your perspective here or sort of refocusing sure. on what needs to be done versus, oh, this isn't fair? Yeah, a two that, that came to me, you know, in the course of doing the, the book itself. It's like you're working on something, you're writing, you put, you know, hours and hours into something and then it, you didn't save it and the computer deletes it, right? Yeah. So Ouch. you can get upset, you know, you can kick the trash can across the room, you can pound your fist. Or you can say, okay, one, this was my fault. I should have been prepared more. I shouldn't have done that. And two, now, I know this feels weird, but I have a chance to do it again and I can do it better than I did the first time. Hmm. I'm starting with a clean slate. I'm going to produce something that's better than what I was satisfied with before. Or, you know, you have an employee or a colleague or a boss. Well, not really a boss, but you have an employee or a colleague that makes a mistake and maybe that mistake costs you money, right? It's like, you know, a, a computer error or a, you know, a mistake from employee costs five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. You can scream at them and fire them for making a five thousand dollar mistake, or you can say, "All right, I just unintentionally spent five thousand dollars on employee training. <laughs> How do I leave now actually getting my money's worth here? How do I make sure that we emerge from this better off, better adjusted, better prepared for situations in the future because we learned from this instance?" In some of these cases, I would argue that a lot of the experts you hear about is always, you know, stay positive and, and, and sort of have that outlook on it. I've also spoken with individuals who say it's okay to have sort of a negative thought process that it might help you in some sort of way. Where do you land on having that perspective of looking at something negatively as a way to maybe motivate you versus always being positive And I don't know, maybe you overlook something that could be a problem? Sure. I, I think I, I sort of come down in the camp of using both depending on what's most effective for your situation. Okay. So if you're in a negative situation, perhaps adding insult to injury by complaining about it doesn't really get you anything. Sure. Conversely, if you're on the eve of a huge project product launch and you've got all this stuff planned and you, you're expecting it to go swimmingly and it doesn't, you're going to be really shocked and surprised and it's going to hurt more because it was so unexpected. So I talk about sort of the idea of thinking negatively, anticipating what could go wrong, not only so you can address it in advance, but also so you're reminding yourself like, hey, Murphy's Law is a real thing. Things are always harder and more complicated than we thought. I'm not going to delude myself or pretend that it's magically going to go exactly how I want it to go. And I'm going to be prepared and ready to respond at the first sign of trouble. Now, you mentioned an interesting part there because I think this comes up as well. The idea of thinking something needs to be a certain way or it should be done in this way, whether it be you think because it's always happened that way or it's just your perception, is that an obstacle you feel people have to get past a lot or is that, uh, where does that fall in line with what we're talking about here? 
Oh, totally. I think everyone expects their begin like everyone waits to start a project until it's the ideal circumstance, right? right? So all the variables are lined up exactly how they want them to be. I think you see this most clearly with the millennial generation. It's like, oh, we're graduating into a recession. Let's go back to school and hope when we come out <laughs> next time, uh, it'll be magically better. Or, or it's like, well, I'm just going to move back home with my parents till Google calls me and gives me my dream job. That's not how it's going to happen, right? Get to work, man. Like, start. Be willing to accept anything that gets your foot in the door and make yourself an irresistible, attractive target. Don't wait for them to come to you that way. Go out and sort of put yourself out there and do the work and be willing to accept sort of pragmatically a less than ideal starting point because you know you're not going to be there very long. Right. Now, you obviously have a, a pretty strong handle on this and a passion of these ideas and, and the idea that um, the obstacles being more so opportunities. Is this coming mainly from an area of experience for yourself? Is it done in a lot of research? Or where have you sort of gathered up and, and honed in on this uh, perception that you have about everything? So for me, you know, I dropped out of college when I was 19. I've had a number of careers. It's my third book by my 26th birthday. I'm a best-selling author. I've got my own marketing agency that's doing quite well. So I've sort of experienced, you know, high pressure, sort of pragmatic situations in my own life. I've sort of had to live this. And then at the same time, you know, I've studied stoicism very deeply. Mm -hmm. This book is rooted in history and examples from history. And it came from the fact that as I was looking for help with my own problems, I noticed or discovered this trend of stoicism and the idea of the obstacle being the way. It's sort of a historical trend, a constant, if you will. And I wanted to communicate that in the book, not just for other people, but also as a reminder to myself so I can turn back and read it and rely on it. I think it definitely comes through in the way you talk about this, uh, you know, just your experiences and obviously being able to sort of pull yourself up in a situation that a lot of people might have faltered. So I do appreciate you, you know, speaking openly and honestly about that as well. Thank you. That does make it the other question of a lot of times we feel about taking these things on our own and maybe having to show a toughness. Where does support from other people come into play? Is that something you reach out for? Is it something that you just need to accept? Where does that sort of come into play? Not only have mentors been incredibly helpful in my own life, but I also, you know, the Stoics talk about this. You can choose, like, you can't choose your family, but you can choose who you look up to, mm -hmm. right? You can choose the models from history and in life that you, when you face tough circumstances, you can, you can ask yourself what they would do here. And so I think that's a, that's a big part of it, and that's something that I've done. Um, but I, in the, you know, the, the final part of the book, I talk about this idea of sort of having a cause that's bigger for yourself. This doesn't quite answer your question, but I think sometimes we face really tough obstacles that we can't do anything about. Our company goes out of business, we fail, we go through a divorce, whatever. Yes, it, we may be better off in the long run because of it, but what we can also always do is be a resource for other people we can learn from our own situation and just pass that wisdom on or down to others. And so when I look at history, that's what I'm pulling from. I'm looking for other people who have gone through obstacles. And now I'm translating and, and placing their, you know, methods in perspective for us so we can use them and benefit from them. Sure. Now, again, I think you've given us some terrific examples and uh, given people some perspective really on this whole idea. If someone's still thinking, I, I really don't know where to start, I don't know how to change that perspective, what simple steps could you give the listeners right now to maybe help them in that direction, turn their mind a little bit onto some of these, what they might perceive as obstacles or the odds being against them, and sort of shift that focus as you've been talking about? Where, where can they start, really? 
Look, I wrote this book, obviously, as a place to start, and I think it's important. I think there's some other great books, you know, about Stoicism. There's Meditations of Marcus Aurelius, which is amazing. There's Letters of a Stoic by Seneca, which is also amazing. But I think the, the clearest and simplest Stoic idea that I could give you right now that you could walk away from and always remember and always apply in every situation is this idea, uh, and they've said it so cleanly that I don't think I could improve it. They just said, there is no good or bad. There is only perception. And that's what you want to remember. It's like when, you, when, you're in, when you're on top of the world or you're down in the dumps, remind yourself that you are the one who decided that that's what that means. Hmm. And you retain that ability no matter what situation you find yourself in. All right. I like that. We are getting up a little bit against the time here, but I did want to give you the opportunity as we look to wrap up our conversation, just to give the listeners a nice takeaway. And I I think that was a nice piece there that you mentioned, but maybe something in the more general sense of, uh, of, again, this idea of odds being stacked against us, maybe something we didn't touch on that you think is also important that the listeners could take away from our discussion today. Well, look, the, the people that I talk about in the book from history, you are their descendants, quite literally. We all descend from a great line of people who went through adversity and persevered, and at the very least, they managed to successfully procreate, right? Or we wouldn't be here. Good point. Um, so you have, this, you have the same power that they have, and you can use that in your life right now. We live in some of the most prosperous, safe, successful times in history, and we know that humans have survived much worse. And so when you go through difficult times, sometimes it, it can remind, like, look, not only could it be a lot worse, but if it was a lot worse, I would be okay then as well. I think that's a perfect place for us to finish up today. And that will do it for us here on Moving Up the Ladder. Again, we've been examining the idea of how we might actually perform better when the chips are down, or maybe more appropriately, we just need to shift our focus and thinking what situation we're in. Our guest today has been Ryan Holiday, the director of marketing at American Apparel, as well as the author of The Obstacle is the Way. Ryan, it's been a pleasure to talk with you about this topic today. Thanks. It's been great to chat with everyone as well. And as always, we want to hear from you, the listeners, as well. If you have any thoughts on future topics for us to cover here on LJN Radio, just email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Wishing you success in all your endeavors. I'm Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.